Got my coffee. Got my robe. I got you. My phone. Got everything I need for a show. So, coffee filter off. Put that over there. Got my mug. Here we go. And it's three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Tuesday. It's March 23rd, 2021. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Well, yesterday was a decent day. Um, got some work done. Had some client work, you know, some stuff that I was proud of. But the two big things yesterday. Um, let's let's not mix up the order. Uh, the first is I started watching The Great on Hulu, uh, TV show about Catherine the Great, which I assumed was going to be Hulu's version of The Crown. It is absolutely not even close to that. It is hysterical. It is one of the funniest shows I have ever seen. The timing, the writing, it is brilliant. I never would have imagined that a setting like Catherine the Great in Russia would make for a comedy series. Uh, and it's not, it's not slapstick. It's not over the top. It is, it is the right amount. It's really good. So if you have Hulu and you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to check it out. And then the second thing, I had a, a session with my therapist. Uh, honestly, I haven't talked to my therapist in, it's been over a year, uh, probably a year and a half. Because it was good. But it was really good. Came out of it feeling much better. Woke up today feeling better. Feeling better now. And if... Um, I guess I share that only because... Some of you have expressed some concern. Because I've been open that I've been having a hard time. And I hope that in being open about this, that if some of you are feeling something, that you'll get help. You know, we need to we need to normalize treating mental health with the importance that we treat physical health. Now, let's be honest, a lot of us don't treat physical health well. So a lot of us aren't gonna treat mental health well. That's fine. But we we need to we need to dig out of this stigma of, oh, you know, I'm having a hard time. I'm gonna go to a therapist, I'm gonna do XYZ, whatever you need. To feel healthy. That needs to be an option for everyone. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Today is a podcast recording day. We've got, I think, four, three episodes on the books. I have one consulting call scheduled. But we've got three episodes to record. One of them is me going on someone else's show. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good day. I'm looking forward to today. 
Anything else happen? My carpenter friend came. We talked about projects that we're working on. He's coming back Thursday. I'm gonna start doing some renovations out in the warehouse. Not big stuff, but stuff that will allow me to do video inside. Right now, where do I do video? Here, in this room. I recorded some video, is it Sunday? I might do some more today. Uh, outside. Walking. Down the road. There's a place for that. But I'm not exactly going to shoot training videos outside in the, in, the, in the road. So, got some plywood and some other stuff that's going up. We're going we're gonna to fix this thing, place up a little bit more. Just chipping away. Chipping away. We got more work to be done. Apparently, I'm going to be painting on Thursday. So, yeah. It's supposed to be really nice. It's going to be like 70 degrees on Thursday. So it's a good day to paint. Keep all the windows open. Let the toxic chemicals from the paint go out. Uh, I don't know what else. Working on the new Whistlekick program site, which, you know, we're just chipping away on that. Did a bunch of, did like two hours of work on that yesterday. That went well. More to do today. More, more, more. Always more. Keep doing more. I don't know if there's more to say. Oh, going to have tacos with friends tonight. Looking forward to that. Good people. Group of people I haven't been, I haven't hung out with in a while. It's been a while. <coughs> Coughing, drinking coffee is hard. All right, let's see what you gave me to talk about. We had a lot of notifications on posts yesterday. People watching and listening and giving all kinds of feedback. Some people giving me a hard time. Guest recommendations. Yeah, lots of stuff. All right. And I got some quotes here from Frank. So thank you to Frank. Remember, if you want to leave me something to talk about, drop it in the comment section of today's episode after the show closes. <coughs> if I don't die, I'll talk about it tomorrow. Chess Grandmaster, ooh. Judith Polgar? Polgar? Polgar, I'm guessing. Chess Grandmaster Judith Polgar is often considered the strongest female chess player of all time. Let's see what she has to say. Playing chess has many aspects that can be useful in everyday situations like planning, concentration, and combinations. You learn to win, but also to lose and to be creative. I think we could make the same claim about martial arts, couldn't we? Planning, concentration, combinations. That sounds like martial arts. There's a lot of synergy between martial arts and chess, and I know a number of martial artists who also play chess. There is something to be said for the mental process in chess, the need to slow down. Brian will answer that in just a moment. Brian's asking me a question about my coffee. As martial artists, we learn drills and forms. We do all these things slow. And then unfortunately in a lot of schools, any free form movement is encouraged to be done as quickly as possible, most of or all the time. And I think 
that is silly. That's why I've, I've advocated for, taught seminars on moving more slowly. Because you've got to be able to get your brain involved. Now, that's kind of the irony of chess versus martial arts, isn't it? The better you are as a chess player, the longer it generally takes between moves. Why? Because you are being more thoughtful. You're taking the time to consider, if I move this piece here, my opponent is going to move this piece, and then I'm going to move this piece, right? And they're playing out quite a few moves in advance. I struggle with chess, though I haven't played for a long time. I used to play chess in high school. And I struggled because I would get so dialed in to what my move was going to be that I would often for I forgot what my opponent would do. I didn't even think about it. Oh, I'm going to move here, and then I'm going to move there on my next turn. Not thinking about, hey, my opponent's reasonably good. They're probably going to figure out what I'm doing and then do something else. And I used to get my butt handed to me. So whether it's chess, or martial arts, or life, slow down. There's magic in the slow. So Brian's in the chat and asked me about coffee and what I do for coffee. I use a pour over. I've done a bunch of different things. This is my favorite method for just making a cup at a time. This is a stainless steel coffee pour over filtery thing. I don't put paper in it. I know some people will use different kinds and they put paper filters in. I don't see the need. Uh, it does not seem to impact the flavor of the coffee. And I put a little bit of salt in the cup and let it pour over. And that's it. Um, I got this thing on Amazon. It was like 12 bucks. And what I really like about it is that I compost. And so it makes it really easy. I just take the thing and dump it in my compost bucket. And it's really easy to clean up. On the weekends, I'll use a French press because I'm having, you know, a couple cups at a time. And that's not quite as convenient to, to clean up, but I think it makes a slightly better cup of coffee because you get a little bit longer with the water and the grounds being in contact. There's nothing like good coffee. Next. It's very important not to put pressure on a child. Make sure that she or he feels that whatever happens, it's not the end of the world. If they cry after a loss, that's normal, as adults also hate to lose. If they win a game, you should make them feel very proud, but make sure they know the next game will be another challenge. <sighs> I don't know if we're moving past this or not, uh, but there are still from what I can see on the internet, because I don't have kids. I, mean, I think we all know that. A lot of parents who are living vicariously through their children, and it's so disgustingly unhealthy. It is fine if your kid wants to, you know, play whatever sport, do whatever thing. I see parents do this in martial arts. The kid trains, kid goes to some competitions, has fun, sees some success, and then all of a sudden, this kid is training, 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 training for competition, training, 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 and there's nothing else in their lives. I think back on my time training for competition, and 
This was sort of my story. And I have mixed feelings about it because I'm glad I did it. And I wanted to do it. Probably wouldn't have been a different story if my parent, my mother wasn't my coach. That wasn't healthy for us. She got results. She was a great coach, but it wasn't good for our relationship. When a kid loses, I think you applaud the effort. And you let a reasonable time pass, depending on age, etc. Before you even determine if constructive feedback is warranted. Let's take an extreme example. Three, uh, a baby falls over trying to learn how to walk. All right, so what you've got to do, you've got to make sure that you balance better, use the wall, right? That would be a silly example. Nobody's going to do that. And yet I see parents doing that. Kid loses a sparring match at a tournament, they're bawling. And the parent is in their face, giving them constructive feedback. Kid's sad right now. Kid doesn't need a coach. Kid needs a parent. Kid needs a hug. I've seen coaches do this. There, there's one. There was one situation I saw. This was a tournament a few years ago. And this kid that, this was a competitive team. They either were on the team or were being scouted for the team. And the head coach of the team was watching this match. These were early teenagers. It was a girls division. And this girl being scouted lost. And she was bummed. And the coach comes over and just tears her apart. Not kindly, not even really constructive, just basically went up one side and down the other of this 13-year-old girl telling her how terrible she was while mom and dad stood there and did nothing. And I watched this from the other side of the ring. And it, the only reason I did not step in on this there are a couple reasons. One, this could have had negative implications on the team that we had at the time. And I did not want to set my team up for, you know, bias or anything. And two, I didn't know the situation. I didn't know how that arrangement had occurred. But the coach left. Parents and kid went and sat on the bleachers, got their stuff together to get ready to leave. And I, so I went over and I sat for probably 10 minutes and talked to them and the girl. Because the last thing I wanted them to think was that, I think these were, was it brown belt? They might've been young black belts. I didn't want them to think that this was what martial arts was about. 
you could tell that the parents were barely keeping it together because their kid was sad. And someone that they identified as being supportive and an advocate for their kid was the exact opposite. We all need a foundation from which we can feel like we can fall back to, fail onto, and then we can move forward. Safety net. And how does that manifest in most cases? It's love. If you provide the love, there's the opportunity to push off. You can move forward from just about anything if you know that you are safe and loved. That's what kids need. Next. In chess, the most unbelievable thing for me is that it's a game for everybody. Rich, poor, girl, boy, old, young. It's a fantastic game which can unite people and generations. It's a language which you'll find people speak in every country. If you reach a certain level, you find a very rich world. Art, sport, logic, psychology, a battlefield, imagination, creativity. Not only in practical games, but don't forget either how amazing a feeling it is to compose a study, for example. Unfortunately, that's not appreciated these days, but it's a fantastic part of chess. One could make the same comment about martial arts. There are plenty of examples of people who travel to another country to train. And I've, I've had a number of friends who have gone to Okinawa or Japan to train. I know people who have gone, gone to China to train, but I, I don't know the, the, the context as much. I haven't heard as many stories. But folks go to Japan to train. They don't speak Japanese. They, you know, get some help finding a school that teaches, you know, their style. They get there at the right time. Somebody in the class speaks, you know, a little bit of English. And they bow in and they train. And they have a good experience. Because if you do martial arts and I do martial arts and I can roughly figure out what we're doing, I can follow along. I can train with you. If we know the rules of engagement, I can spar with you. I can do forums next to you. It's like chess. It's not quite as universal as chess because we have variations of martial arts, but it's similar enough. And I think that when I consider this broad goal of whistle kicks of bringing people together, one of the things that we'll, we'll do at some point is encourage this, this cross-pollination, travel sort of thing. Not just, okay, we're going to take a trip to Japan and you're all going to learn karate in Japan. That's not what I mean. I mean more, hey, let's get 30 people together on a bus and let's go on a tour of the United States and each night we stop for dinner and training at a different school. And that instructor is going to teach you, you know, they're going to work one seminar concept. Right? So, because what happens on that trip? People get to train together, they learn, they share experiences, and they come away with 
friendships and understanding. It's traveling martial arts summer camp for adults. How cool would that be? I would love that. That'd be the best. Shared experience. One more. If you do your homework, well, you can be sure you'll feel more relaxed. Make sure you have a walk or rest before the game because the most important thing is to be focused during the game itself. If you get tired by preparation, you won't have enough energy left for the whole game. And we all know that a single blunder can ruin all the work done beforehand. This is something that, that I find really interesting about competition. And I think it's the difference between successful higher level competitors and I, I don't mean this disparagingly, but more amateur competitors. An advanced, a quote-unquote pro martial arts competitor, because we don't really have that designation. But you can probably imagine what that would look like. Pro versus an amateur. What does a pro do on, on competition day? They make sure their head's right. They might, you know, if, if you're thinking about point sparring, they might go through some, some things, you know, get, the, okay, so here's this combination I've been working on, dialing in, I'm here, 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 here. And they're getting their mind right. They're feeling confident. What does an amateur do? They're out there on the floor doing the work that they should have done before game day. You don't change things on game day. You can't. It's too much. I have a rule when I'm coaching people, I don't change anything two weeks before a competition. You need time to dial in what we've been working on. If I change stuff on you 48 hours before the competition, you're gonna be unsure of yourself. And then you get scared. And that's not what you need. The, what's the most important thing in any competition? It's confidence. The most successful people are confident, even if they're not perfect. Every time I have stepped out on the floor and done a form, I have believed in, in, in a borderline arrogant way that I was the best person on that floor and I was going to win. And to be honest, outside of grand championship competition at, in tournaments, it's been a long time since I didn't win my division. Coincidence? No. Have I competed against people who have done better technique with some of their forms? I'm sure somewhere in there, yeah. Why did I win? Because the moment that I start, I'm there to win. The moment I walk in that door, the moment I put on my belt, whatever it is, I'm there to win. And if you're going to do something, if you're going to compete at something, might as well be there to win. Because if you're not, maybe you should find something else to invest that energy in that makes you feel that passionate about it. It doesn't have to be martial arts. For me, it's martial arts. If you're watching this for you, it's probably martial arts. That doesn't mean you have to compete in a traditional sense. It doesn't mean you have to go to a competition. It could mean that at your next rank evaluation, testing, promotion, whatever you call it, maybe that's your game day. 
Maybe it's a demonstration at school. I don't know. But if you're going to compete, be there to win. If it's what you want to do. If you care about winning, put 100% in. If you don't, that's okay. Put 100% into whatever aspect of it matters most. If you're there to have fun, have as much fun as you can. Commit to having fun. There's nothing wrong with that. In two of these quotes, the concept of homework came up. What does that mean? We're talking about homework in respect to chess in the way that we might talk about homework with martial arts. What is it? It's working through the things that you need to work through to be ready for whatever game day is. It's, hey, I keep stumbling with this part of my form. I have a hard time when I do this technique in my sparring. I push off funny and I telegraph. Whatever it is. You run through the things that you need to run through so you don't have to worry about them, so they, they become second nature. That's how you prepare. That's how you do your homework. And then on game day, it's just about having your mind right. And even if you don't compete in martial arts, having that mindset so that when you step into class, the things that you've been working on are better. So you have new things to be given to work on. So you can get as much value out of class as possible. That attitude, that approach, that applies equally to your professional life as anything else. If you have a hard time, if you're not a great writer at your job, your job involves some writing, and you receive, you've received some feedback that, hey, your writing could use some improvement. If you actually want to move up and be the best you can at your company and go on, do a better job, make more money, be more successful, have a more engaging life in that way, shouldn't you spend some time writing outside of work? Write a blog, write a book, write a journal, I don't care. Practice the skills that you need to move ahead whether it's chess or your job or martial arts. If you want to support the work that we do, you got a bunch of ways you can do it. We've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash whistlekick, and we've got stuff at the store, whistlekick.com, training programs and the like, things like this mug. If you use the code FIRSTCUP15, you can save 15% off the stuff at whistlekick.com. And if you want to leave comments, feedback, stuff for me to talk about on this show, leave it in the comment section below once the show closes, and I'll talk about it tomorrow. Because we do this show every weekday, 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, here on YouTube. Catch it later in audio form in your podcast player. And if you want to email me, you know, some kind of private feedback or something, jeremy at whistlekick.com. Thank you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a fantastic day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Take care, everyone. Peace.